Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a certified brand strategist and business coach. You might be wondering why the second phase? The second phase may be a change in careers and learning how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship, a significant lifestyle change, going from stay-at-home parent to starting a business, a traumatic loss, a move, or an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition, you are here to discover your second phase. Learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact to grow as your authentic selves and follow your callings, values, visions, and passions, and to learn how to build a solid foundation for long-term brand and business success. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. You ready to learn? Grab your coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Has anyone ever told you that you should write a book? Or have you had it weighing on your heart and your mind that someday you want to write a book? Well, someday is now. That's all I'm going to say. And today I have a super special guest with me, Debbie Keevan, and she's going to dive into how we can become authors. What does it take to become an author? And then what does it take to become a published author? What is the strategy you need to have? And what is the mindset you need to have? And how can you overcome the fear and the perfectionism and the imposter syndrome that you may be holding on to that is keeping you from taking that first step of putting pen to paper or taking out your laptop and opening a new Word document to start writing, to start telling your story. Your story is powerful. Your life experiences are amazing. And no matter what those journeys have been for each and every one of you, you are steps ahead of someone else out there that needs to hear what you have to tell them and what you have to share with them, to give them that guidance and that energy and what they need to push themselves forward. So today we're diving in. You will all be able to become an author after listening to this episode. And I am so excited to share this information with you. I am on this same journey. And so having Debbie on as a guest, it means a lot to me just because she is my editor, my publisher. And that's not why I had her on the show. I had her on the show because I want to share with you all of this information so that you can do what I'm doing. You can go through this process and you can go through it, trusting yourself and having confidence in yourself that your message needs to be heard and people are ready to hear it and want to hear it and need to hear it. So I hope you stay till the end because there's some great information, incredible nuggets here that you can grasp onto and take with you to launch yourself into being an author. Debbie Keevan, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Robin. I'm really excited to talk with you today. This is a subject that is very near and dear to my heart, and I am super excited to be able to dive into it with you because you are on this journey with me and helping me and coaching me and guiding me every step of the way. So I have to tell you in public to all my listeners that I truly appreciate Debbie and she is amazing. And after this episode, if you feel really inspired to write a book, be sure and check her out. So without any 
anything further from me, Debbie, will you please tell the listeners a little bit about you, about your journey to where you are today and how you're now serving your clients? Oh, thank you so much, Robin. That means so much to me. It's so interesting because I love this idea of the second phase, right? And so my first phase, I was you know, a, a CPA, I Sigma, all left brain kind of process driven. And so I have that very strong side, but the other side of me was always this creative side and books have been a lifelong love of mine. And so the fact that I allowed myself to dream and step fully into you know, my passion of helping other people and myself write and publish their very best books so that they can make that impact and really you know, take the books that are on their hearts and get them out into the world to make a difference. And so that's at a very high level what I do. So I work with really passionate people who have a big mission in the world to help them write and edit, publish, and then promote their books in a way that is aligned with, you know, attracting people as opposed to, you know, doing that used car salesman thing, which is a total turnoff for everybody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Who wants that? (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, let's dive into this because I am just like mesmerized by the entire author process, like becoming an author, writing, it's It's something that I think so many people have something on their heart or in their mind, but they don't know how to bring it to fruition. And there's so many factors that influence that Um, imposter syndrome, thinking that their story isn't going to be something anyone wants to hear, or even if it's a fiction book, you know, the it'll fear will hold them back. So I would love to have you help us kind of take that initial thought to fruition. Like what happens when someone has an idea, but yet they have no idea where to begin and how to put pen to paper or how to get their, their story out there and believe in themselves and push past all of those fears and doubts. So there's so many uh, um, components to that question. I realize that, but I'm kind of throwing it all out there because I just want you to be able to like start and then we'll have the conversation and we'll just weave all these things in throughout the conversation. I love that. And and you actually hit on some really important points. If I had a dollar for every person who said, oh, I want to write a book someday, someday, someday. And I always say, you know, kind of jokingly, that makes you a waiter, not a writer, because the only thing that it takes to be a writer and ultimately an author is to actually write, period. There's not a magic super sauce to it. And that's the thing is, you you know, you talked about fraud factor, you talked about people doing it someday, not believing that their story is worthy. And they also will say, well, I'm not a writer. Like, that's not my thing. I have a story. I'm not so sure. And all of those things combined come down to fear. And here's the thing is when you face your fear and you just do it, you know, it sounds simplistic, but that's actually how you become an author is you actually write. Now, you know, I'm a mom. I raised, you know, my kids as a single mom. I worked full time and I went to school full time to write my first novel. And so how do you do that? Like what's the practical stuff? Yeah, you could do this, you could do that. And here it is. It's it's about creating the habit. It's first of all, setting the intention. The second is ditching perfectionism, 
not editing while you're writing. I always say, let it be information bulimia, like just get it out on the page. It's going to be messy. It's going to be imperfect. Don't worry about the punctuation. Don't worry about any of that stuff. And what will happen is the most magical transformation is as you do that process, you actually get clearer. You actually grow your confidence and you, by the act of writing, actually become a writer. And I love to ground people in the fact that even Stephen King struggles, even Jody Picot and um, Kristen Harmon, some of the, the writers that your listeners may be familiar with, they all have the same feelings that they're having. The fraud factor, is this book going to be any good? Who's going to read this? Is this story going to be the one that people realize I'm not actually a good writer? And I think there's some freedom in that. I love that. And I, you know, having just gone through this process myself and being in the depths of the revisions, it's funny how I wrote this thinking, okay, I'll put all this out there, but I didn't tell a lot about myself. And so you came back to me and you said, there's no depth here. You know, I mean, you said everything was good, but you were like, you have to tell more st- stories. You have to make this about you. So they understand that you can relate to them and all those things. And it gets very intimidating. And it, you do think you mentioned, you know, well, what are people going to think about me? Are people going to judge me? Will they think differently than they think of me now. And I think having to move past that is that idea of moving past perfectionism, moving past the fear of judgment. But before we can even get to that point, I think a lot of people are like, well, I wasn't good in English. I struggled in writing class. I'm not a creative storyteller or I'm not creative. And we get these ideas in our head. So yeah, move past perfectionism, but how do we get past that idea that I'm not a good writer? And I think one of the things that I would like to remind people, and I think I would like for you to speak to this is that. That's why you have editors. And how can you find that person that is going to be able to then guide you on those aspects? Like you said, you just put it all on paper or in your computer, but you just do that. And then there's, you can clean it up later. But what about that person who says, well, you know, I never learned the proper format of a sentence or, you know, (laughs) like all these English terms, breaking down the, Oh gosh, what was it in English when we had to diagram the sentences? Oh yeah, I loved that. That was like one of my favorites. I know, me too. I was such a nerd, but I always thought that was a challenge and I thought it was so cool how the words went together. But I wasn't back then a good writer. And I think it was because I was so anxious about putting my ideas out there and then having someone else read it and critique it and judge it. And so that was very intimidating to me. So here I am, you know, so many years later, and I've written this book and I cannot wait to get it into the hands of my audience. But how do you address those thoughts? And what do you tell people to get them to just write it and then trust the process that somebody else can edit it? And how do they find that person that is going to edit it? Those are all such great questions. So so I like in the first draft of a book, when I was at grad school, we called it the SFD, um, the shitty first draft. Um, <laughs> and it's meant to be. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they worry about being judged. And so I liken it to, you know, think about Michelangelo. And when he did his sculpture, he had to start with a block of marble and he had to visualize what the shape of that marble was going to ultimately be. 
but you actually have to have the marble to start with. And that your SFD is that marble. And when you find the right editor, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but when you find the right editor, that editor is going to buy into your vision and actually help you carve out the most beautiful stories and the most beautiful, impactful book that you can possibly have. And an editor relationship is a lot like um, a beloved and trusted mentor or doctor. They're all up in your business. They have to approach your book with so much love and tenderness that you actually can open up to share those stories and be vulnerable. And so that relationship is super important and, and finding that person is really important because the person who's right for you may not be right for someone else because there's different sensibilities, there's different energies. And so I always say, ask somebody who has published a book, who was your editor? If you have a book that you really like, almost hundred percent of the time, that editor, if it was a good editing experience, they'll be in the acknowledgements of the book. So that's a great place to start. There are other you know, resources available like the editorial. Um, there's an editorial freelance association. You know, you can um, go into other writing groups on Facebook or professional organizations and do a search of their directory. And I say, interview them, send them 10 pages of your book, have them edit it. And that does a couple of different things. The first is, is you get a sense for what their strengths are, because there's a whole host of different kinds of editors and a developmental editor is going to help you create that mar- take that marble into the beautiful sculpture. But then you're going to have a proofreader who's going to make sure that your periods and your punctuation and your sentence structure are correct. You'll have a copy editor who really will look at word choice and make sure that your sentences can stand on their own. And they're not the same skill set. And so people sometimes put this big bucket together of here's what an editor is. So I, I say, you know, it's like going on a date, really, because this person is going to be in your life, hopefully for more than one book. And you want to have that relationship that you trust them and that they hear you and you can receive their feedback. I love that. So, and I have to tell this story because the first time we had a conversation, we were in a networking group together and we met so virtually. And I was like, she's really cool. And I had heard you on Laura Shipman's podcast like a couple of years ago, but I didn't put two and two together until whatever months into knowing you. So anyway, we, Debbie thinks this is going to be a coffee, a coffee chat. Like we're just getting together to see you know, meet each other really. And we both end up in tears over the concept of my book and what I had put together. And I was like, all right, this woman gets me. All right. I can be vulnerable with her. Okay. I'm doing this. And by the end of that conversation, I had hired Debbie, but I'm using that as an example because you really, and as I continue to write, and I got the feedback back from Debbie, you really, really do have to embrace vulnerability in this process. So it's one of those things that if you are wanting to write a book or you have this desire on your heart, but you're afraid to start, do the mindset work around writing and start by journaling about 
your feelings, the story, who this story is going to help, how the story is going to help them and why you can tell this story from a place of expertise based on your life experiences and start there and embrace that vulnerability. Because if you don't embrace that vulnerability, you're not going to be able to get to the point that you can hand this over to someone else and then get it out into the hands of the world. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in there because that's, that was such a powerful moment for me to connect with you emotionally like that. And it really launched me forward from a place of trust that I, so much fear had held me back. And so just to have that trust, I want to emphasize that to everyone. And so the one thing I want to say, Debbie, or ask you about, so you, you mentioned like the copy editor, the editor, there was another one in there that does the punctuation and stuff like that. So, you know, you think, oh gosh, I haven't had, have an editor, but now I have to have more editors. Like that seems a little bit overwhelming. So is it, does the editor tend to provide those other services? Like, do they have like people in their back pocket that help them with that so that we as writers don't have to be like, oh my gosh, now I don't have to just find one person. I have to find three people. Right. That's a great, that's a really great question. So first of all, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for trusting me to hold that space for you to bring your book forward because I, I believe in your book and I believe in what you're doing. So thank you. I, that's a big honor. And I, I t- it's one that I take very seriously. So I just want to acknowledge that. And then, um, so that's a great question about how do you find the right editor? So there's a number of different ways. Um, so at, when we do something at Highlander Press, it's all included because I know that it's all there and that's not what my author's really need. They want somebody to guide them through that whole process. And so I, I'm, I'm an expert developmental editor, but you don't want me proofreading your book. Like that is just not my skill set. and I can do it and I have done it, but I work with people. And again, I'm attracted to people's energy. So the people who are on my team with Highlander press are people who have just the most lovely energy. And so that's super important at least in the Highlander press realm. And so you could, if you're going to do it all yourself, you probably will have more than one editor, but they can probably facilitate because we kind of know each other and, and that's just super important. But if you work with us, you know, that's all included, like that's Mm -hmm. there and you're not going to have me doing all of it, which I think is just really important because again, you don't want me doing your proofreading. Well, and I also think it's important, just like with everything in life, we're not meant to do things alone. So if we can have a team in place that we can always refer back to or trust, I think that's really important. So, okay, Debbie, now we've gone through the person. So the person who didn't like English class, didn't think they were a good writer, but they've now put their pen to paper. They have written their story. They've written fiction, nonfiction, whatever the case may be. It's there. They have an editor. But then what? Are you ready to start the second phase of your career journey? Do you feel like you are drowning in and overwhelmed with information about becoming an entrepreneur? Do you wish someone could just give you the step-by-step playbook and hold your hand through the whole process and save you time, money, and energy? Are you frustrated with your lack of progress and wish there was an easier way to grow an audience or scale your business? Maybe you already have a business, but you're stuck, not growing, and not getting the clients you dreamed of. 
In my one-to-one six-month coaching program, we will work together to identify your niche and ideal audience, discover clarity and confidence, differentiate you from all others in your area of expertise, all while working on mindset. You'll walk away after six months with a strong foundation for brand and business success. You'll have access to my templates, learn email marketing, Pinterest marketing, how to blog. We'll review your website copy, and you'll even get an intro to SEO and so much more. Don't have a website? Don't worry. Through my boutique brand agency, my team and I build brands and launch businesses. You can think of it as a brand in a box. We do it all for you and with you. No need to get multiple estimates and work with people all over the place. It's one-stop shopping. After six months, you'll be able to launch or relaunch your business with confidence and be on the fast track for success. No more overwhelm, frustration be gone. When you hire me as your business coach, you don't have to build a business alone. You don't have to fail your way forward. No longer do you have to overinvest and settle for minimal results. Let me help and guide you step-by-step, piece-by-piece to create a long-term foundation for success and a thriving, profitable business. And let's have fun while we build it. To apply and connect to see if we're a good fit for each other, visit my website, therobingraham.com forward slash brand and business coach. I look forward to learning more about your goals and dreams and helping you make them a reality. Yeah, that's such a great question. So once the book is fully edited, then some things are happening. So the really exciting things is the cover design. So you get to design your cover and and work on the back cover copy. Um, Most people don't realize that, especially in today's environment where we're not really going into bookstores as much as possible, we're doing more shopping online, that your book cover is a thumbnail. And so it needs to stop the scroll. It needs to capture people's attention And so they stop and click and then they read the description and the description is what closes the deal. Like this book is going to either be something I want to read for pleasure. It's going to be something that's going to positively impact my life. This book is for me. And so the cover is super important. Then the book, once it is edited and proofread, it goes into layout. And so that's what it looks like on the inside. That's when you get, you know, you actually see your book in print you get it processed. And then then we go through the whole publishing phase. So there's a whole host of different things like that go on behind the scenes there, like getting your ISBNs, getting it registered in the Library of Congress, which is a super cool thing. And you know, making sure that you've got your launch team set up so that the day that your book publishes, your book birthday, it's a great big celebration day. And making sure that you're ready for that and that you've got you're surrounded by people who can't wait to tell other people about your book. You know, so there's all of these pieces that go on behind the scenes that, you know, we look at, for example, if you're writing your book, what other books are out there in the world that are comparable? And so we look at those. What is, how well do they sell? What categories were they in? What kind of accolades did they get? What kind of monthly sales are they experiencing? So it allows us to structure the back end to make it discoverable and also make it you know, do as, as well as it possibly can on launch day and well beyond because, yeah, you want your sales on that day to be fantastic, but what you really want is recurring revenue from mm-hmm. your book. 
And yeah. so, you know, we kind of look at all of those pieces. So if I were to break it into big buckets, there's the writing, there's the editing, there's the publishing, the launching, and then the ongoing promotion. So everything falls into those kind of five big buckets that makes you an author when yeah. you do all of those lovely things. And I think that's a great way to lay it out because it could give someone who is thinking about writing a book, a strategic plan. Like these are the buckets that you need to think about. And these are the things you need to write down and step-by-step push yourself towards and through. So my question for you is the weight of self-publishing compared to the weight of having a publisher. And now we had another episode where we talked about actually different types of publishing and how you have self-publishing, the hybrid models of publishing, which is really what Highlander Press is. And then you have the big time publishers. And because I think that there is kind of a sway in the weight for self-published books now because it's becoming so much more common. But what is your perspective on that? And what should someone consider when they're thinking about self-publishing versus pitching to a big publishing house versus working with someone like you in Highlander Press? It's such a great question because most people, when they think of being published, they're thinking of those big traditional publishers. And To get grounded, let's just talk about those three buckets at a very high level. So the traditional publisher, there's a lot of gatekeepers. So it's a two to three year process once you get an agent and that then your agent then pitches your book to one of the big publishers and it has to fit into their catalog. It has to fit in and they do all the analysis. How well is this going to sell? How much demand is there going to be for this book in two to three years? So they're projecting and they're making that risk. The good thing about that is, you know, they're doing the heavy lift for the interior layout. They're doing the heavy lift on the cover design. You as an author give up a lot of autonomy and a lot of input, especially as a first time author, you know, as you get more books sold and you have, you know, some of those accolades like the New York Times bestseller or USA Today bestseller, you have more leverage. So they're going to give you an advance against your expected royalties, but you're going to share that with your agent. So at the end of the day, you'll probably get about 8% of the total sales, but there's a lot of cachet and there's a lot of, of great reasons for going that way. The complete opposite, where you get 100% of control and 100% of responsibility and 100% of the risk is self-publishing. And self-publishing got a really bad rap early on because all of the people who had all these books that they wanted to publish, but couldn't get through the gatekeepers at a traditional publisher, just went ahead and published their books. So they did their own, they did DIY editing, they did DIY covers, and they weren't good. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't invest in a good, great cover designer or a great editor. And I can speak to that because every time I have a guest on the show who is an author, I have them send me their book so I can read it and be, you know, highly educated on the subject matter before I interview them and really get to know them and their perspectives. And I've read some books that were self-published and This sounds so pretentious, but I hate typos. Like I hate grammatical errors in books because I feel like I paid money for this. And it's just like when you pick up the newspaper anymore, if you, if anybody still reads newspapers, I still like a newspaper, but there's errors. And I'm like, what is happening in this world that nobody's paying attention to these 
these errors. Like I should be able to read a book and not have to read a sentence two or three times to figure out like, what is this trying to say? Because there's a word is wrong or whatever. And I know, I know, I know that nothing is perfect, but I just had to say that because I think it's, if you are going to do this, at least proofread yourself 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> and actually I, hire an editor. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I would actually go one step further and say, hire an editor or a proofread, like, because you can't give yourself a good haircut. No. Right. And yeah. so it's virtually impossible. And I, as a writer myself, I hire editors for my own work. I get, you know, I'm in a writer's group and I get feedback. So there are those books, like you just said that, it, and it's so frustrating because they could have the most brilliant concept, yeah. but they're yeah. not. And that I believe comes again down to fear. And also the idea that it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If I publish this and it doesn't sell, then I'm really not that good. And it really wasn't that important when in most cases, that's just not true. Right. So right. They're selling themselves short. But there are plenty of people who self-publish, who do hire editors and who do do the really good work. It's a great model again, but you're going to be doing all the work. And so there's this lovely place in the middle, which is where Highlander Press is that, you know, we do the work of the, the traditional publisher. We also are collaborative with our authors that they get input. We don't pay advances, but we do pay royalties. And we cover all of the stuff so you don't have to. So you can actually, as an author, be in your expertise and let us be in our expertise. So I think those are the kind of the three buckets and, and there's no wrong way to do it other than to do it poorly. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's important to say, because I think it's, it depends on where you are as a person, what your end goals are with your book and how much time, energy, effort do you want to put into it up front and adding on that additional effort and time that it's going to take to get one of the big publishers and an agent, because you really have to sell your idea and your concept before you even get to have someone open the door for you. Exactly. As you were speaking, something came to my mind, and I think it may have just left again that quickly. Most people, when they say they want to write a book, they're literally just thinking about that first step of five. They're writing the book. And that is just the first step. I always say that when you write a book, this is not the field of dreams. You write it and throw it up online and people are going to find it and they're going to come in droves and, and suddenly your life is going to be completely different. You actually have to do all of the other steps and there's self-care and celebration at each level because writing a book is hard work. It's hard work. It's a hard work to do the edits every step of the way. And so, you know, giving yourself that loving kindness and then having someone that can help you and support you, whether it's a partner, whether it's a writing friend, whether it's a colleague, whether it's someone that you hire get yourself surrounded by other people who are kind of going through that process together, because first of all, there's a community, you're not going through it alone and it propels you forward. So when you're stuck in the molasses swamp of doubt, you know, someone can, can reach out a hand and say, I see you, I hear you come on, let's do this together. Yeah. It just like with everything I, I fully believe as entrepreneurs, as moms, we need accountability partners. And I think there's no difference with writing. You just need that 
someone to give you that kick in the pants. <laughs> Keep Absolutely. going, keep going. Yep. And some days I remember yeah. two weeks ago, I emailed you and I said, editing is exhausting. I literally was like almost to the point of tears. I was like, this is killing me. But it, of course it wasn't killing me, but it really was bringing out a lot of emotions and coming up with extra content. And it, the fact of the matter is when you take the time and you sit down, things will just flow. They just it just happens that way. I mean, I always say a little prayer and then boom, it just kind of goes. So I think that there's so much encouragement that we can offer people to just take the risk, take that first step, take that ink pen out and put the first word onto paper and you will just start letting it flow out of you. And I think you'll feel so much more confident. But one thing you said, Debbie, that I think is so key is that celebration component. I knew when I finished the first draft that it was a first draft. I knew that I was going to turn it over to you and you were going to come back to me and I was going to have to make changes. I didn't know the extent of the changes, but I knew there would be changes and a lot of additional work, but I celebrated that. I told people I finished my book and people celebrated with me. And I think every single step of the way, take that opportunity because it helps you so much with building your confidence, the trust in yourself and moving yourself, propelling yourself forward to finish it. Okay. So Debbie, any final words of wisdom that you want to offer the listeners related to writing a book, publishing a book, anything? I just want to say that if you're hearing this podcast and there's this thought in your head that I do want to write a book and I don't know where to get started, I want to encourage you to get a journal, to open up a Word document and let it go. And don't hold yourself back. Your stories are important. And I believe very firmly that the more that we share our stories and our experiences, our perspectives and our wisdom, there's somebody who's behind us, whether it's a young person or a someone who's struggling in their lives at some point or trying to make a big decision. And your example is going to be the light on that path to illuminate them and help them live their best life. And if that's not a reason to put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, I can't imagine a better reason. Mm -hmm. I just want to encourage people to don't worry, like set the perfectionism aside, tell the little gremlin on your shoulder. I hear you. I see you. I've got this. And just enjoy the process, like really, truly step into it and understand that you can be surrounded by the most amazing people who will guide you and show up on that journey and say, Hey, I see you. I hear you. Let's do this together and do it. I love that. And I think it's so important to remember that even if there are a lot of books out there in the same genre, the same concepts your book is going to resonate with someone in a way that no other book has. So keep that in mind too. You've been given a gift and you've been given life experiences that are meant to serve and help other people in the future. So get that pen out, get the paper out, get your laptop out, whatever source you use to write and start. But journaling is key. I think that is huge, absolutely huge to do the mindset work and to just put your ideas to paper. Okay, Debbie, how can people connect with you, learn more about you, learn more about Highlander Press 
and potentially hire you whenever they have that book written? Sure. The best way probably is just to go to my website. There's a way that people can contact me. They can read about our process and why we're different because we are very different than most other hybrid publishers. And then they can you know, submit a form. There's a submission form. There's also just book a coffee date with me. So highlanderpressbooks.com and uh, we're available. You know, you can find me other places as well, but that's kind of the central place. You can click on all the links to find us on social media. And I would absolutely love to have coffee dates and talk about your ideas and your books. And uh, I would love that. And Debbie, you also have a writer's group, right? Where if people are wanting to start and they just need that motivation to start writing, they can come and sit and write virtually with you and other members of your, I guess, team, followers, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we do every Thursday, we write from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on Zoom. Uh, There's a link right on my website for that as well. You don't have to register. There's no adding you to my email list or anything. Just come and write. I don't care if you're writing a grocery list or if you're writing a newsletter or you're writing a book, just come. It's the most lovely group of writers. We set an intention for what we want to accomplish in that two hours. And there's magic that happens. More words get written during those two hours every week than most of us ever imagine. And people just keep coming back and back. We have a growing community of people who are encouraging and lovely, and um, you're always welcome to join. And I hope you will. Awesome. Debbie, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you sharing your story and how you're helping other people put their words, their stories into the world to help others. Thank you so much for having me. And that's a wrap friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. If you know someone who could use the information shared today, please share the episode with them too. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Lastly, if you'd like more information on personal branding and brand marketing strategies, be sure to join my email list and the Female Entrepreneur Insider Facebook group. We are there every week with tips and trainings to help you build a solid foundation for brand and business success. And don't forget, on the website, you can find a plethora of free resources. Go to therobingraham.com forward slash resources and download any of the free resources that I have created to help you build a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact. Until next time, remember to smile.